we thank God for another opportunity to assemble again for another Hearing the Voice of God session. Praise God, because we serve an awesome God who does supernatural things. He's not limited by time nor by space or by circumstance. Praise God. Amen. My dad always told me growing up, he said that, son, he said, if you have the faith, God has the power. Praise God. And that never left me. Um, So God can do anything but fail. Uh, And the point of that being said is that we set the limitations or we take the limitations off, praise God, what God is able and going to do in our midst by expectation, praise God. In other words, (laughs) praise God, our expectation becomes the parameters of of his movement and of his power demonstrated. And so if we can shift out of the mindset that I'm just coming to another study, and if we can shift and, and, and get that out of our thinking and really honor this as being a time with God, you know, and a time in his presence, where the spirit of the Lord can manifest himself, you know, and use and speak and do whatever he does, praise God, at any other time in any other place, then that's when we will see the maximum fruit, praise God, coming from our assembly. Amen? Make sense? Amen. Praise God. And so we just want to be excited and be encouraged. Praise God. And so just encourage you, praise because God is doing great things, different encounters, the different experiences that you're having um, apart from the session just throughout the week. This is something that only God can do. But I I just want to submit this to you. It's just the beginning. It's just the taste of of what we can experience. It's a small portion of what's available and what we can flow and operate in. Even before the session was starting, the only thing that God kept ministering to me is that we have the ability to flow in the supernatural and operate in the prophetic consistently. We can flow consistently. It doesn't have to be a sporadic thing. It can become a way of life. Amen. Amen. It doesn't have to be something that we chase in prayer for 20 or 30 minutes just to get one word. Praise God. We can walk in communion and in fellowship with the Lord and receive insight and words out and about if we would dare take on the mind of Christ and that mindset, praise God, that we can operate or, as the Bible says, pertaining to Jesus, as he is, so are we in this world. Amen? It all starts with proper thinking, you know, and if the thinking is not right, then we need to get it right by renewing our mind and tearing down those old thought patterns that bring restrictions, the insecurities, the fears, the, you know, I'm saying, um, you know, the inadequacies. Allow all these things to be challenged and to be torn down with the word of God until we become fully persuaded, as the Bible said about Abraham in Romans chapter 4, that what God has promised he's able to perform. Praise God. I mean, how many is, you know, can you, I mean, how many, is anybody else hungry for consistency? You know, could you, could you stand God just using you? I mean, it, it's awesome to get a word, you know, and to, to get things here and there, but wouldn't you just love to be able to be in a place with God? so that we can experience that on a daily basis uh, yeah. without, without yeah. as much effort and striving. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Praise yeah. God. Yeah. And that's God's desire. That's God's goal for us, praise God. And he is not withholding any good thing from them that walk uprightly. But I tell you, it's, it's all about uh, being willing to prepare ourselves 
you know, and to work in ourselves so that we can take on the right mindsets and take on the right mind and our heart and faith can be on the level that God wants it to be on. And, you know, and I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, that is available and God is right there um, to do more than we can even ask or think according to the power that's at work within us. Praise Amen. God. So I'm excited, praise God, because I believe that God is challenging us to come up on that level and to realize that, hey, he's made grace available. Uh, now it's time for faith to rise up and to seize the grace. Father, we just give you praise and we give you thanks for this awesome opportunity to be in your presence. You're a holy God and you're a mighty God, but you're also a very present help in time of trouble and at all times, God, in time of fellowship. God, in time, God, of of protection, God, of deliverance, of peace, you're the same, God, and you do not change. God, we thank you for this time in you. Father, we dare not label it, God, or or put restrictions, God, or barriers around it, God, because I'm not present. And, Father, we thank you that your power is here. And your word says that, Father, where two or more are gathered in your name, that you're in the midst, God. And, Father, we know that that was not just a physical gathering, God, because Paul makes mention in 1 Corinthians, God, how that he was gathered in spirit, God, with the elders, God, at the church of Corinth. We know that it is a spiritual gathering, God, that you speak of, God, that you honor, a connecting of spirits, a connecting of faith, a connecting of expectation, God. So at this moment, God, we give you our undivided attention, God. And, Father, we focus our faith on you. We come together in agreement, God. And we thank you, God, because we obey your word and that we are gathered together in your name, God. We're more than two, God. Hallelujah, God. Father, we are more. And, Father, you promised, God, that where two or more are gathered together in your name, there you would be right in the midst of them, God. Mm -hmm. And so we just thank you, God, for your presence and for your person being here in all of your splendor, all of your power, all of your knowledge and all of your ability, God. We humble ourselves, God. We decree that this moment, God, is about honoring you, and we thank you, God, that you are here through the person of the Holy Ghost, God. And we just give you praise, God, that all of your ability, God, and anything we need, God, we decree that it is present, God, hallelujah, God, in you. And so, Father, we just bless you. We thank you for giving us ears to hear. We thank you for giving us eyes to see. We thank you for giving us a receptive heart. And, Father, we do receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of your holy angels, God, every grace and gift that you decide to give to us, God, and to work through us, God. We decree, Father, that we're willing, God. We come into congruency with you, God, into complete agreement with your heart and with your will. And we just ask, God, that you be glorified, that you be pleased. And we thank you for fruit that will come forth, God, that glorifies you. We give you thanks, honor, and praise for it. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. Praise Jesus. We serve an awesome God. Hallelujah. Amen. Did the Lord give anyone anything before we move on? Any words, any insight, or anything on someone's heart you would like to share? Praise God. As you were praying, I saw lots of water, like I saw a big waterfall, um, and it kept going and going. There were two sides of it. Um, On both sides? Yeah, there were two, like, it's hard to explain, there were two waterfalls. Um, They were just going and going. Amen. Praise God. You know, water in the Bible is a derivative of of life. And it is also a depiction of the Holy Spirit. You know, John chapter 7, verse 37 uh, through 39, 
Jesus begins to speak about how that out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. But in visions and in revelations, you know, when we see water and when we see uh, a certain magnitude of water, you know, God is putting the emphasis on that that degree of life being available. And um, and because the river or the waterfall kept flowing, he was speaking about without limitation. Same thing, just the confirmation. But the heart of it is that what do we do when we hear visions and when we see visions and, and when visions are spoken? Because I don't believe that we've really just been taught how to connect with the prophetic word. Words and revelations along that line, they don't become activated in our lives just by hearing them. And um, the prophetic word, it cannot be tolerated but it has to be embraced. I'll say this again. The prophetic word cannot be tolerated. It has to be embraced. In other words, the prophetic word will not come to pass in our life if we take a passive attitude or approach to it. You know? In other words, we hear a word given whether it's this word or any word or the words that were spoken into you guys' life. Well, just by listening to them, you didn't receive them by listening. You, you have to begin to, first of all, it starts with your heart. You have to first believe, okay? And, and, and the reason I'm going here is, is because of what I'm seeing. Sometimes we don't really believe the word. And so the reason that we don't say, I receive that, is because we don't want to come up empty-handed or without substance. We, want, we don't want to open up our mouth and agree with some that does not become a reality in the future. So a lot of times not saying anything becomes our safety net to keep us from shame. And in our mind what we say, well, if it's of God, it will come to pass. Okay. You ever heard that thought? Well, if it's true of God, it will come to pass. That ever? I know it's it's ran through your mind a lot of times. And yeah. so, in our mindset, what we're saying is that I don't want to jump out there because it may not be of God. If it is of God, it will come to pass. So I'll just not say anything when the prophetic word is given or spoken. Okay. And it looks like wisdom, but what it really is. It's demonic wisdom, and it is unbelief. Okay? And see, that prophetic word can be true, but if you take that passive approach to it uh, because you don't want to get your hopes up and it not come to pass or because of fear of it not being legitimate, then you forfeit the reality of that, of that blessing that's spoken because it requires faith. Every prophetic word requires faith. Matter of fact, the prophet said in Second Chronicles that if we do not believe, surely we shall not be established. Okay? So with that being said, what should we do and what should we say and how do we get our heart in agreement when words are spoken? Okay? First thing, First Thessalonians chapter 5 tells us that we have the right, me and Chanel was talking about this last week, 
you have the right to assess or to judge or to prove every prophetic word. You have the right and the liberty to listen to the inside for the Holy Spirit to tell you, hey, that this is a me. Okay? And once he gives you the witness, the inner witness of truth, we taught on this about the spirit of truth and the inner witness, but once you have that, at that very moment, you don't wait a week, you don't wait hours, you don't wait minutes, you don't wait days to, to, to open your mouth and to get an agreement, but at the very moment that you receive the witness of truth on the inside of you, that this is of the Lord, that this is for me, then you need to instantly jump in agreement with it, both in your heart and also verbally. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that works, you know, because, listen, delayed obedience is still disobedience, especially if we, do, if we delay because of fear and unbelief. Now, Jesus said something to the disciples in Mark. I think it's the end of Luke, and it's also in Mark's account, in Mark 16, but also the last chapter of Luke. Um, after he had revealed himself alive to them, he was on the road to Damascus talking to them in another form, and he told them that they were slow of heart to believe, and he rebuked them. And so sometimes our hearts can be slow to believe what God is speaking. There are many reasons for that. You know, uh, some of the reasons could be hope deferred. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart say, or, or in other words, you know, you have, you have, you put it all out there at one point, you totally believe and you came up empty-handed and it hurt you and it embarrassed you. It, it made your heart sick. Praise it. We believe purely, truly, and blindly, and then it came up empty-handed at some point. It doesn't have to be from God. Sometimes people have made promises that make you slow to believe even what God has spoken. Okay? People have made promises and didn't come through. Experiences, our past, and all that. Okay? None of that, listen, all that may be legitimate, but to heaven and from God's vantage point, None of that becomes an excuse to remain in unbelief. Praise God. Okay? So he understands our struggles and our issues to believe, but he never endorses them. And he never, he never gets into agreement and says, okay, well, it's all right in your case. No. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. Amen. Praise God. And he's given every person that can pass and listen and a responsibility to believe. So what should we do? I'm going to hit this real quick and we're going to get on to the teaching. In the book of Luke around the second and third chapter, maybe the first chapter, you deal with two people. You deal with uh, Zachariah, who is the father of John the Baptist, and then you deal with Elizabeth. And you also deal, now let's deal with Zachariah and let's deal with Mary, the mother of Jesus. Okay? Well, the angel of the Lord appeared unto Zechariah and told Zechariah that he would have a child. His prayers were heard, you know. Well, Zechariah began to ask too many questions, and he began to ask questions not for clarity, but he began to ask God questions for the sake of God's responses convincing him or getting him to a position to believe, okay? 
So he was kind of slyly questioning God. And he was asking God for more insight about how this would happen in order to believe. And the very thing that he was doing, even though it sounded innocent, it grieved God. And the angel told Zechariah, because you have not believed the words that were spoken to you, he said, you're not going to be ready to speak. You're not going to be able to speak until this child is born. And the angel shut his mouth. So for nine months, Zechariah, who was a priest of God, walked around mute <laughs> because of unbelief. Okay? Wow. That same angel appeared to Mary with a word that, hey, you're going to bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he shall save his people from their sins. Okay? She asked the question, too. She said, Lord, how can it be, seeing that I know not a man? Okay? So we know that the issue was not questions. It was the root and the origin of the questions that God had a problem. It was the motive behind the questions. She was just asking for questions in order to understand, not to believe. Zechariah was asking questions out of fear, a doubt and unbelief, in order provoking God, asking God for more insight so that he can believe. Praise God. So the angel told her that the Holy Ghost would come upon her and overshadow her, and that holy thing that would be conceived in her shall be called the Son of God. And she said this after he told her that. She said, Lord, be it so unto me according to your word. And the Bible says that the angel departed. And so what is our response? Okay, when we hear words, how how do we how do how do they just how do they move from just being sayings? Okay, some of us honestly, you'll get to the point to where you're 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 tired of hearing words that never become a reality. Okay, and some of us treat prophetic words even now as just another word. And part of the reason that we don't see that reality is because we don't prepare. You know, we don't believe and we don't properly connect with the word. Now, every word that we believe, listen, y'all, will move us to a corresponding action. In other words, it's no such thing as hearing God speak and God's word not given us a foundation or a base to act off of. If there is no action, there is no faith present. Okay? James said it like this, show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my what? Works. And he went on to say that faith without works is it. So true faith or true conviction, true pistis, true confidence on the inside to any prophetic word breathes through origin and through nature corresponding actions. In other words, it's impossible to believe that word and not do anything with it. Okay? And so what happens is, is that when the prophetic word comes, I want you to think about Noah. God told Noah it was going to do what? Rain. And there was going to be a great flood. What did Noah do 
off that word? What did he do based on that word? He prepared. He prepared an art. You see? You see how the prophetic word? Now listen, Noah didn't know what rain was. It had never rained. So Noah had to go strictly off faith. And he acted off what he believed. And not only did he do that, Noah preached, listen, y'all, 120 years that it was going to rain. He didn't know what rain was. 120 years. Okay? That, that's the conviction that we have to have with prophetic. Noah didn't have the Torah. He didn't have the Pentecost. He didn't have the New Testament. He didn't have commentaries. He, the law wasn't even given then. Noah had the prophetic word. Okay? Now, after 120 years, you can't tell me that there is not time to get an unbelief during that time span. There's not time where he could have said that the word could have got old to him, that because he didn't see anything happening in the natural that he kind of let his mind and heart shift to something else. Okay? Or that he could have got to the point to where he said, you know what, you know, I, I confess and I spoke it uh, for three weeks. That all be enough. You know? No, he embraced the prophetic word until the prophetic word became a reality in his life. And not only that, the Bible said that he preached to people 120 years. He didn't just embrace it with his heart. He proclaimed it with his mouth. Okay. And this is the part that I'm trying, that the Holy Spirit is trying to get to. When we hear words, okay, thank you, Lord. The Lord said that one of the problems with, with, with us and, and our view is that sometimes when the prophetic word comes, that we view the prophetic word with respect to persons. Let me make it simple. If the person has a calling, if they have great gift, or if it's apostle, prophet, this or that, if it's pastor Corey, then we tend to get more heed. If it's the brother or sister that just came out of sin, three weeks ago, just came out of the clothes, just came out of, the, out of drinking, just came out of some or just repented from some a few days ago. Mm. And they get on the line and they say, this is what the Lord placed on my heart, and this is what God is speaking. Instead of listening for his voice, we focus on the person and how we perceive him okay? to determine whether we embrace the word, whether we take it serious, or whether we don't, whether we don't pay it any attention at all. And when we do that, y'all, okay, we forfeit God's blessing. That is, that is not accurate perception. Jesus said, listen, my sheep hear my voice. And so we have to tune our ears for his voice, not the voice of the pastor, not the voice of brother and sister, you know, not knowing people after the flesh, but we have to listen for his voice. Because what God will do, is that he would most of the time speak the most profound, accurate, prophetic word to you through a vessel that you think not. 
Okay? And, and listen, at a time and through an avenue that you don't honor in the natural, that you wouldn't respect in the natural, and he does it all to help break us from our pride and from our flesh and to work humility in us, to get us not to focus on the outward appearance or to judge after the flesh, after appearance, but to judge righteous judgment, to listen for his voice. Yeah. And so with that being said, I want you to realize that your most, most profound prophetic word or breakthrough or release or rhema word probably is not going to come through me while we're all hearing the voice of God, while we're fellowshipping. Okay? Most likely, your prophetic word or the breakthrough or what God has placed in someone for you is going to come through someone that you don't even talk to or associate with. And see... The, listen, the, the reason that you don't talk to them or associate with them, it's for that same reason that God is going to use them to speak to you. Because God is trying to tear down those things, praise God, that keeps his people divided, that keeps Christ from being known, that keeps the reality of the kingdom from being experienced. And most of the problems are in our perception. So when it comes to the prophetic word, we can't be a respected person. You can't tune in when Brother Corey, Pastor Corey is speaking, and then tune out when Brother Sister such and such is. You can't say, well, I put more weight on this word than I do on that word. If you do that, you're going to miss it. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us that when it comes to children, the Bible says that in the mouth of babes and sucklings, God has perfected praise. And in the book of Matthew, that same verse, it said, in the mouth of babes and sucklings, God has ordained strength. And in the book of Isaiah, the Bible says that a child shall eat, which means that God can speak even through babes in Christ, people who don't have it all together, that are striving, doing the best that they can and growing. Praise God. God will speak to them and through them. And probably they don't even know God is speaking to them. But when we have an ear to hear what God is saying, we're able to pinpoint the voice of the Lord and to receive of him. Y'all remember the teaching, maybe like the second or third session, praise God, the word of the Lord was coming to Samuel. But Samuel did not yet know the Lord. But, but God was speaking to Eli through Samuel, and Samuel didn't know who was talking to him. Same thing through you guys. God will speak to you through the unexpected. And listen, and God will use you, you know. And don't you think that God won't use you because you don't have a certain status on that line? Let's take the, the ranges. Let's, let's take the restrictions. Let's take, let's take these, you know, these, you know, things that we, we place on God, praise God, from just the way we think. Amen. And let God be God. And so what we do First of all, we have to realize that God's voice and word can come through anyone at any time. We just got to have ears to hear. And we need to value it as not the word of a man, but the word of the Lord. And listen, it takes discipline. It takes maturity. It takes growing. It takes dying to self, praise God, in order to do that. But it's important because that particular word, listen, y'all, that particular word, could be the difference between life or death, uh, blessing or cursing, captivity or freedom, breakthrough or bondage. 
That's why it's important that we develop an, an ear to hear what the Lord is saying. He's got it. And so Mary said this. She said, Lord, be it so unto me according to your word. And that's what we just want. We don't want to just think that. But when a word is released that's headed your way, learn to open up your mouth in faith and to get in agreement. Say, Lord, I, I receive that. Lord, be it so unto me according to your word. Because remember, listen, y'all. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness. But it doesn't stop there. The Bible says now, with the mouth, confession reels in or is made unto salvation. In other words, it is your words that reels in the reality of heaven on your behalf. It is your words that agrees with God and causes heaven and gives heaven a right to invade your reality and your earth. So believing is just 50%. Opening up your mouth and declaring what you believe in agreement with God's truth is the other 50. So let me just make it real simple. So when we believe the prophetic word, then we can't just stop there and say, Lord, I believe. Because sometimes we really don't believe. We have to open our mouth and get in agreement. You're going to have to say something. God, I receive. That's why oftentimes you see me being vocal, you know, when things are spoken, because of that principle, of that truth. And if you can dare muster through the shame, if you can muster through the fear, if you can uh, muster up the humility, you know, to be, you know, to be, to be honest and to, be, and to say, I want that, or to say, Lord, that's for me, or, hey, God, I'm willing to stand out. I'm willing to be set apart, you know, toward, from those who are silent in order to receive from you. You know, if you read the story uh, when blind Bartimaeus was healed, the Bible said that he was crying out, Son of David, Son of David, thou Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus kept walking. Okay? And the Bible says that the people around him told him to shut up, be quiet. But the Bible says, but he cried out the more. Son of David, son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. And because he cried after more, and he would not be silenced by the silence of those around him or, or the pressure or that demonic spirit that wanted him to conform and to not admit that he was in desperation, that he was in need. Okay? See, his faith set him apart. He was, now, his pain... You know, was real, and it had, but he was only set apart through his confession by him crying out the more. So what sets you apart from anyone else on this line when a prophetic word is spoken? It's what you say, or it's what you refuse to say. What sets us apart when we're in a conference and God releases a word or over a house and, and, and that word? What sets, what sets a person apart? It's what they say. And it's what they refuse to say. Remember this? The Bible says that the lady with the issue of blood okay, had the issue for 12 long years and had spent all she had, and it rather grew worse. But the Bible says that she came out of the camp where, where you know, the little, the little restriction, the little box, because really 
her being in population was punishable by death, but she was willing to step and break the law in order to find life. So the, the Bible says that the lady said within herself that if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. It's what she said that set her apart from the rest. They caused Jesus to say, who touched me? And so prophetic words, they have to be touched. When they're spoken, they're just released into the spirit, and they're traveling. Okay? But you have to touch them. You have to, you have to make contact with them. You have to make connection with them, or they're just going to continue to move in the spirit world. They'll move right past you. They'll be just like a, a plane that flies in the sky that you see coming through one peripheral, you watch it, it flies, then all of a sudden it goes out of your view, going on somewhere else. And that's what prophetic words are doing to many of us. They're just passing us by. They're just floating. We hear them, and we're just watching them. They're floating. They're, they float. They come to us, and we're like, ooh, you know, that's a nice plane. Ooh, that was a good word. And it's just floating, and it's keep, it keeps moving. You know, and it's gone. But what we never do, we never touch it. Yeah. And we touch it. Listen, if you believe it, you can receive it. We touch it through what we believe, and as a result of what we believe, what we speak and what we say, you reel that thing in. Okay? You identify with it through your words. You retrieve it. You call it out of that world into this one through what you say. Be it so unto me according to your word. In other words, Lord, what I see floating flying, let it be a reality in my life. That's what you're saying. When she says, be it so unto me according to you. Everything that that word entails, everything that that prophetic word uh, does, releases, involves, is made of and blesses, I want it. Let it be in me. And when we have, listen, y'all, the heart of a child and the hunger for the kingdom to be set apart through our words, when it comes to the prophetic word, we can experience and will experience everything that heaven has to offer us. Okay. It really is a work. Okay. Ask yourself, if you can be honest, Okay. When you hear those things, some of this we already know to do. But you have to ask yourself, what fights me from saying something? There, there's some force, if, you, if we just be honest, there's always a force that wants to stop you from talking. There's always a force that wants to stop you from saying amen. There's a force that wants to stop you from speaking to your brother or sister when they call in. There's a force that wants to stop you from giving God praise, from praying out loud. There's a force that's always trying to stop you from speaking in agreement with the will of God. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. Now, we have to look at this thing for what it is. Why am I? Well, because of the power of your words. Because the enemy does not want you to totally, listen, be free. And he, listen, he brings all these reasons in your mind and in your heart why you shouldn't, you know. 
And the worst one to be in is that it don't take all that. I don't have to do that. No, because sometimes we can know that we're supposed to do it, but that, but that sometimes that just that stubbornness arises. But don't allow the enemy okay, to play with your mind, to stop you from talking and from speaking. He fears your agreement with God. He fears the power of your – because what happens is, is that when you speak in agreement with the prophetic word, at that moment you covenant with God. And God is a covenant keeper. God never breaks covenant. He never breaks any agreement or any pact with his people. All, he had to, all Mary had to say is that, Lord, I'm with it. Be it so unto me according to your word. And it was it. Okay. But until we can agree with our heart and with our mouths, then all God is doing, he's presenting opportunities. He's presenting blessings. He's presenting honors. He's presenting breakthroughs. And all their all their presentations. We're watching them, and they're floating away. Because we're not grabbing them. We're not touching them. We're not retrieving them with our faith. Somebody say, grab a hold to the prophetic word. Grab a hold, grab to, the a hold to the prophetic word. And don't let go. And don't, and don't let, let go. go. Praise okay. God. That's what we have to do. And there are many that are fed up and complaining with the lack of reality, but you won't reach. Praise God. We have to reach by speaking. Jesus said this, what sort of things you shall desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them? That's so much power when the prophetic words and said, Lord, I believe that and I receive it in Jesus' name. Listen, a response that simple from the heart could just unlock the mysteries of the kingdom, the reality of heaven, the blessing of the Lord. That wrong thing that Zechariah did got him messed up. But that one word that Mary spoke, praise God, set her up for life and for through all eternity with great honor. And so we have to, we have to respond. And we have to rise up, praise God, to the occasion. Amen? Amen. And, and listen, when that happens, then prophecy ceases at that point to be just another word. We've heard so many words. But Jesus said this. Jesus said, take heed how you hear. For with the same measure that you meet, it should be measured unto you again. Amen. He didn't say take heed what you hear. He said take heed how you hear, how you're listening. Where's your value system when you hear words? Okay. Do you value them enough to write them down? Do you go back and listen? Do you pray them in, pray them out? Do you ask me about them? Do you pray about them? Do you remember them? Do you get them into your spirit? Do you stand on them boldly? Or do you forget about them a day or two after they're spoken? Well, what happens is if we don't retain them, 
then the enemy steals that word that was sown into our heart, the Bible declares. That when the word of the kingdom comes, that the evil one comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown into their heart, lest they should believe and be converted. So let's bring it down home. With that prophetic word that Chanel spoke, in some of our minds, it was just another word. Some of us took key. Some of us were saying, okay, it's just another word. To, to, now let's get on to the teaching. But see, all of those responses we have to weed out. And when God is speaking, when God is releasing, at that point what he is speaking is the only thing that's important. Mm-hmm. Amen. I mean, I mean, let's look at this for what it is. If it's truly God, then what do we have to do or to say that's more important than what he's talking about? Amen. Hmm. Only one spirit. But and and if we rush to get God out of the way, then who are we with in the end? <laughs> Amen. Yeah. And, I, and I'm saying it because, listen, the honor has to be placed upon the Holy Spirit. When we become Holy Spirit conscious, when we learn to reverence him, his presence, his voice, his ministry, what he does and what he releases, not a person but him. Now, don't get me wrong, we do honor people, but even above people, him. Him. And when we take heed how we hear, because Jesus said, with the same measure, with the same value that I give it, it shall be rendered back to me. Okay. And even though that word may seem simple, now when we talk about God's unlimited ability, listen, y'all. Who knows, glory to God, thank you, Lord, who knows what the power of that word, who, who knows the potential and what that word can truly unlock and release in our life personally if we properly connect with it? Who knows? It could be breakthrough in your family. It could be the release and the unlocking of those gifts you've been praying about. It, listen, who knows what that word can produce in your life, even now, if we would just take the time and say, Lord, thank you for speaking. Amen. Father, I believe that I receive that word. Mm. Hallelujah. Father, I receive your life. I receive your water of life, God. Father, let this vision, let this let this let said, let this word become a reality in my life. I receive it, God. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the rivers. I thank you for the inflow of life. Hallelujah. If we can agree. Listen, y'all. It's learning to do things like that 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 got me into certain realities of the spirit. 
Okay. Learning to slow down and to let God be God. To honor him for who he is and for what he's doing. And if God, listen, if, if, if God before the session, before the teaching, because God knew we were about to teach, if he by his spirit releases anything, a vision, a word, a revelation to us, before we go into the study, what he's saying is that more important than what you think you're about to do is this. And that's how we have to look at things. We look at the timing of it and what God is communicating. If you feel like you're distraught, like you're dry, like you're broken, like you're torn, like you're beat down by the enemy, it's one thing that I know about living water is that they always bring life, healing, and refreshing. Mm-hmm. Amen. Who knows what can happen if even now you were like Brian Bartimaeus and you say, Lord, I need it. Lord, I'm thirsty. Lord, my mm-hmm. soul is famine. Hot, I'm in drought. And I, and I listen, I'm desperate enough to look foolish, to, to, to stand out through my faith and through my words and say, Lord, I receive it. Thank you for your waters. Thank you for your rivers. Thank you for your flow. Thank you for your life. God is mine. Father, I don't care anything about my image, but I want you. Praise God. And I want your fullness. Be it so unto me according to your word. And see, that's how we got to begin to respond to God, to his presence, to his word, without anybody prompting us to. In other words, if you want it and if you need it, go get it. Connect with it. God releases these things. Because he loves us. God has done all of these things in our midst because he loves us. God has made all of this grace available. Y'all have encounters. You, you know, you've flowed in God's power, having jelly visitations, and there have been miracles and deliverances and things and prophetic words and healing. God is doing all of these things because he loves us. So he's not withholding anything. But if we want it, y'all, we have to use the hand of our faith to retrieve it. Amen. We do that, praise God, by believing, praise God, and speaking. By believing and speaking. Amen. Pastor Corey, while you were teaching, I kept hearing, we believe, therefore we speak. And so I looked it up, and it's Second Corinthians 4.13. And so I just wanted to tell you that because I kept hearing it over and over and over while you were teaching. Amen. Praise you. Amen. Amen. I, I thank, thank God for that word and that confirmation. It was Second Corinthians 4.13. This is Karen. Thanks. Thanks for sharing, Karen. And that's the importance. 
She said she kept hearing uh, the statement, we believe and therefore we speak. She didn't know where it was and looked it up, and it was 2 Corinthians 4.13. Okay. And that is the principle that God is trying to establish in our heart. When we truly believe, we will speak. Glory to God. Jesus said this in the book of Matthew, around the 13th chapter. He said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh." Amen. Paul said that with the heart, man believes, and with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. So whatever is in our heart is in abundance. In abundance is what we would naturally declare out of our mouth. If faith is there, faith will arise out of our words. If faith is not there, it will not arise. Okay? But faith is required. Think about Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. Let's, let's bring it on down and make it practical. Without faith, it's impossible to experience the reality of any prophetic word. For he that receives a prophetic word or he that experiences a prophetic word must first believe that God is and that he is a rewarder than a diligently seeker. So faith is required, and it begins, listen, y'all, in our heart. Well, let's look at this real quick. I'm going to teach on one principle, praise God, and that's going to be the session for tonight. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to look at verse number 13. Okay. Hebrews chapter 11, number 13. And I explain this. The Bible says, These all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off. Okay? Let me explain something to what he's saying. Now, all of your Old Testament people, like Abraham was shown a city whose building and maker was God. Obviously, the Bible says that was the New Jerusalem, which was the city that would come down out of heaven and be established on earth. But a lot of your Old Testament patriarchs, Jacob, Daniel, Moses, they saw things that would have their fulfillment uh, in Christ. So what all of these people did, now when the Bible says that they died in faith, he's not saying that they ended up empty-handed. You know, but they were given generational promises that transcended this realm and this reality. Their promises were fulfilled in the resurrection of Christ. Mm. What makes their faith so great is that they were able to keep it until the end of their natural life and still not give up. That's why they're honored so much. They did not know that their faith or that their promises didn't have fulfillment on this side of eternity. Abraham sought for a city whose builder and maker was God. Okay? That city didn't exist on this earth, but Abraham didn't know that, and he spent his whole life looking for it. Okay? And so these men and women exuded great faith. And the Bible says that these all died in faith, not receiving a promise, but having seen them afar off. You go on down a little further, the Bible says that God having provided something better for them, that they without us would not be made perfect. <clears throat> in other words, they received the fullness of their inheritance in Christ together with us. Praise God. 
So he didn't leave him empty-handed when that it didn't come to pass. But I want you to look at a principle right here. Okay? The Bible says, but having seen them afar off. Okay? So we're talking about vision. Every prophetic word or every word spoken has the ability to paint a picture in your mind or in your head. You've got to see it. Because if you lose sight of it, you're going to forget about it. If you no longer perceive it, you're not going to give it any attention. You know, and not being able to perceive it or to be aware or conscious of it is an indication that at some point I have ceased to value it as I used to. Okay. So what happens if, listen, what happens if you get an inner witness that God is speaking to you, and you know this is God's voice, but you don't understand the word. Because if you don't understand the word, the word can't paint a picture in your mind, in your head. There's no image that will generate from something that you can't understand. So what happens when the Holy Ghost on the inside, your heart is burning, you know God is speaking, but you don't have a clue what he's talking about? Well, what most of us miss it at, we're, we, we're too prideful to admit we don't understand, and so we play like we understand. We don't go before God and say, Lord, I don't have a clue what you're saying. Help me understand. We won't ask anybody else, hey, help me understand this word. You know, we'll hold on to the image, you know, and as a result, lose the potential of that prophetic ability to produce in our life. So what, when, when you know God is speaking and you don't understand the word, the first thing that we should do, we should humble ourselves and begin to say, God, oh, God, I ask that you, Lord, give me understanding. And meditate on the word because as you think on it and think on it and think on it, you give room for the Holy Ghost to bring clarity to that particular word. He will begin to shine light and to give illumination. Listen, in order to do that, you have to value who's speaking and not just what you can get from who's speaking. Because if you don't understand it, you don't even see the benefit or the potential of it. And, and a lot of us, we miss it right there. We, we, we get prophetic words that we know come from God, but we don't understand. And because we don't understand it, we don't see any profit or value in them. And so we let them go. We let them go in one ear and out the other. But see, you've got to change that. You can't, you can't, just because you may be blind to the vision doesn't mean that the vision has no profit. Amen, amen. Okay. You've got to begin to shift and say, you know what, even though I may not understand, let me value the one who's speaking, the God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's El Shaddai. He's more than enough. He's the beginning and ending. So even though I may not understand what he said to see prophet, I can still value this word because of the one who's speaking. Amen. Okay. And because of the one who's speaking, I'm going to put, I'm going to give this word some attention. I'm going to give it some time. I'm going to give it some serious focus, some serious meditation. And I'm going to spend time in his presence until he shows me the profit of this word, increasing my understanding, increasing my vision, so that I can see it afar off. 
Y'all please listen and grasp this next principle that's about to come up because it's something that the Holy Spirit made so clear and it's so important. And it's even something that I never looked at. But he said that the reason that it's important for you to see the promise afar off is because through the elapse of time, sometimes the promise seems to become distant. In other words, as time transpires, not every prophetic word, the reality of it will be manifested in that moment. There are certain manifestations of what God has spoken. Think about Noah's. That will happen sometimes instantly, but sometimes months, sometimes weeks. Sometimes there's a set time for the reality for that thing to just fully manifest. And listen, and when we when time elapses, it's almost as if the, the promise is traveling further and further away for, from us. And what happens is when it seems like that the promise is afar off or that it's taken a long time to manifest or to become a reality, you've got to still be able to see it in order to not let go of it. So when it comes to prophetic words, we can't be nearsighted. We can't be nearsighted. We have to be farsighted. In other words, we have to have the ability to be excited and to be and to embrace it beyond two days, our, our faith level, our ability to perceive it, to value it, to stand in faith, to confess it, it has to exceed a church service. It has to exceed a Bible study. It has to exceed three or four days. We can't just be excited and then embrace it and believe it just for a little while. And then we let it go. We let it just drift and blow in the wind. Some of the weightier things, praise God, some of the more important and powerful things require the greater faith, require the greater vision, require the greater patience, require the greater endurance, require the greater perseverance. Praise God. So the Bible says in verse 13, but having seen them, y'all, Afar off. What, God, what, what has God said? But having seen them afar off, I see the root. I see the water of life. I see it flowing, just like she said. But my reality right now is that I'm dry, that I'm destitute. I feel like I'm in a desert. The cactus doesn't even, doesn't even have any water. I'm seeing mirages are so hot. But that's my promise. And because that's my promise, I'm positioning my heart so that that promise and that prophetic word can become my reality. So to keep this reality or this promise from just floating away from me, just like an airplane, just like a helicopter that I'm standing on the, on the planes looking at, 
then I'm going to touch it. I'm going to continue to connect with it daily so that I don't lose it. How do I do that? By believing and speaking. I'm going to release and operate in the spirit of faith, the same spirit of faith that Abraham operated in, I'm going to operate in. I'm going to believe and speak. I'm going to believe and speak. I'm going to believe and speak. Lord, I thank you for the river. God, I thank you that I'm full of life. God, I thank you that your living waters are flowing through me. I thank you that you have restored my soul. I thank you, Lord. Your word says that there is a, a river whose streams make glad the city of God. I receive it. I receive your water of life. I thank you, God, that I'm overflowing, God, with your presence. And when we, listen, when we see them and when we can see it afar off, two things happen. We wax strong in faith. We give glory to God. And as we speak, God is making that word a reality in your life. Angels are smiling, like, look at him go. Look at her go. Demons are frowning, like, oh, don't do that. Ah. God is rooting you wrong. Go, my son. Go, my daughter. That's the way. Demons are terrified, on panic, trying to disrupt you and stop you from doing it, afraid of you embracing the spirit of faith and the principle of receiving. The Bible says, having seen them afar off, write this principle now, and were persuaded. So they, they, you heard the word, and the next response that you need to do in any prophetic word that you hear, you have to be persuaded that it's for you. You have to be persuaded that this is God. You have to be fully convinced. You can't be mentally tripping. Or trip it in your heart, saying maybe it is, maybe it's not. Or if it is, then the Lord will do it. No, he says you need to be persuaded. Any prophetic word that comes our way, y'all, in order to receive it, you must be persuaded in it. And it's a hard thing when we deal with persuasion. You must be convinced. Okay? So they saw them and were persuaded in them. See, here's the thing. If a person sees a promise that's taken a long time to come to pass, if they're not persuaded, then at some point they're going to stop looking. And they're going to believe that the lack of manifestation it's justification for them not being persuaded. And so we have to be persuaded. So settle the doubt in your heart. Deal with the issues. Deal with the fears. In other words, determine in your heart that when it comes to the kingdom and the reality of the kingdom, I'm not just going to be on the side that knows a lot of doctrine, that hears a lot of truth, but experiences no reality. But I'm going to be one of those 
who experience the reality of the things that I'm hearing in teaching, I realize that I'm not disqualified. I realize that these things are not given because of my own righteousness. I realize that I don't have to have a particular calling. The only thing that the Lord told me to do is believe. And I will see it, learn to, all I have to do is get in agreement with the word of the Lord and see them afar off and be persuaded. And the next thing that he did, listen, the Bible says that they embraced him. You see that? So you see it. In order to see it, remember, you have to understand a prophetic word. And we talked about how you get understanding, you meditate, you do what you need to do, you submit it to others, you help, you, you, you determine not to be ignorant or blind or in the dark about it. Okay? And then guess what we do after that point? We become persuaded in what we're looking at. Hey, that's, that's, you know, that's mine. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not going to go without. I'm not going to die and not have that. This situation is not going to destroy me. I'm not going down. I'm, I'm coming up. This, 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 this is not going to be the rest of my life. You know, I see my healing. I see myself whole. I see myself Amen. free. I see myself walking in me. I see myself walking in power. For me, it was I see myself out of this prison. I see myself at home. I see myself with my family. Amen. You know? Life sentence is not going to destroy me. Yeah, I don't care what they say. Now that's not for me. But I got dreams. I got visions. I got revelations. God, they're right here in my journal. And because I valued them, I wrote them down. And every morning I got up and began to confess. Lord, I thank you that I'm free from this place. I'm free from Draper. I'm free from prison. I'm free from every form of incarceration. Lord, I'm your free man. You loose me from prison. You loosen the prison. You opened the two leave gates. You brought me out of the high prison house that I may praise your name. Yes, Lord. Persuaded. Ah, oh, don't take all that. Ah, oh, he ain't going to do nothing. Ah, oh, you should have did that. Ah, oh, none of that work. Ah, oh, you're still here, but look at me now. Persuaded. So you need to have some things in your heart. Listen when they come from God, then nobody can convince you otherwise. I don't care if it's mother, daddy, sister, brother, the wife, you know, husband. It don't matter. You, they're, they're, listen, when it comes Amen. to faith in your promise, there's a no-touch zone. Amen. There's a no-compromise zone. There, there's, a, there's, a, there's a place when you have to become just like a dog, just like a bulldog on a piece of steak. Okay? And you have to become Amen. that aggressive when it comes to the promise or to the prophetic word in your life or over your life. Amen. That's right. You zone everything and everybody else out just like they did. They told blind Bartimaeus, they said, Shut. now imagine the fear barrier that he had to overcome because he was blind. And men around him had abused him and used him all his life because of his handicap. But when they threatened him and told him to shut up, who knows what, what used to come behind that? They probably kicked him. They probably choked him. They probably used to punch him. They probably would push him down. Then I tell you to shut up. I mean, he was blind. 
Imagine the fear that he had to overcome by not knowing what would happen to him if he didn't or what blow would come next to try to get him to conform. But the Bible says that he cried out the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And even though Jesus was in motion, going about to do good, that demonstration of faith through what he believed and what he spoke caused him to stop and to turn around and to say, what will you have me to do? So we have to ask ourselves, when it comes to what God has spoken, how bad do we want it? Are we willing to be talked about or, you know, ridiculed, misunderstood? All of that comes with the territory. Listen, faith doesn't look cool. Faith is not beautiful. Faith is not popular. True faith will have you looking crazy to the world. Yeah. Noah was out there for 120 years talking about something that didn't exist. They, they classify him as bipolar, middle illness, delusional, crazy, all this. So faith sets us apart. And a lot of times, guess what? God be leading us into the radical thing that will set us apart when it comes to what we believe. But sometimes we duck the persecution. We ducked away because of things that will come behind it. Okay? In other words, it looks like this. I don't know if I'm right. I don't know. I don't, you know. And it's the response of others, but we've got to be free from that when it comes to embracing your promise. Last little part right here. The Bible says they were persuaded and embraced them, which means that they became intimate with them. They were, listen, they were not afraid to identify with what they believed in the public eye. See, there's a difference between associating yourself with something and embracing something. Because once you embrace that thing, you become intimate with it. And if nobody around believes you, if nobody else is agreeing, listen, if nobody else is saying anything, okay, then the temptation and the pressure comes to tell you, hey, you don't say anything either because you don't want to stand out and be the oddball. So you just continue to associate yourself with the prophetic word. You don't need to embrace it. You don't need to be the one to say, amen, Lord, I receive that, or to say hallelujah, or to say thank you, Jesus. Why you got to cry? Why you got to get all emotion? It don't take all everybody else calm and natural and normal. You don't need to do all that. Drawing attention to yourself and this stuff, you know? And so there's a pressure of the enemy Listen, y'all, that tries to get you personally and to stop you from fully embracing, fully identifying with what God has spoken because of what others are or are not doing around you. Okay. You can have love for the word, 
but be ashamed to even show your public devotion for the word because of the fear of others. Praise God. And at that point to where I become ashamed to embrace the prophetic word that is coming to save my life, at that very point, I disqualify myself from the reality and the profit that it brings. Point being, always embrace what's for you. Amen. So the Bible says that they were persuaded, they embraced them. Last part. The Bible says, and they confessed. Here we go, words. So they received, they seen, they were persuaded, they embraced, and as a result, they began to speak, y'all. They confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. They, listen, the prophetic words set them apart. They were functioning at this point from a different reality, from a different vantage point. Actually, they were functioning in the spirit. And it set them apart to such a degree that they become very, they, be, they became peculiar and odd to this world. When we began to live by faith and to walk by the promises of God and to begin to look at the things that are not seen because they are eternal instead of the things that are seen because they're temporal, when we really begin to do this, y'all, then God's voice becomes like gold to us. Amen. It does. And, the, and, and our Christian walk takes on a whole different look and outcome and reality when the words cease to be just words and when we can begin to review words and visions and revelation as entrances into a greater reality, the reality of God's kingdom, and get in agreement with that thing and begin to receive it, be persuaded, embrace them, and confess those things. Praise God. That's when things will change. Amen. And the Bible says that they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims. They were free from the fear to be just like everybody else. Amen. It was no longer, they, they were no longer ashamed of being different. Amen. The promise had became so real and so powerful and so impregnated on the inside of them that they said, you know what, I'm through with going alone to get alone. I'm through with trying to fit in. I'm through with trying to be normal or trying to be the status quo. Praise God. I want this reality. Yes, Jesus. Yes, yes. Amen. So it was set apart. They didn't care about the jokes, about the... The, you know, the, the indirect statements, the, the little stones that people throw to try to bring them back to conform, they didn't care anything about any of that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're so spiritually minded to, you know, earthly good, they didn't care about that. You know, they, they didn't care about any of that stuff. Praise God. Because the promise had them, and they had the promise. And God is writing about them. Verse 14, last verse, the Bible says, and truly... If they had been, listen, y'all, uh, no, verse 14, for they that say such things, look at what he put the emphasis on. Not just sitting down and listening, he said, but they that say such things. And so all of heaven became a spectacle to what these people said in the midst of their generation, in the midst of unbelief. It was the promise that set them apart. He said, for they that say such things, Declare plainly or boldly 
that they seek a country. And truly, last verse, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Okay? And what that is simply saying, if they had began to focus on anything but the promise, then their life would have conformed to it. They would have went back to their old ways. They would not have been set apart through their faith. They had allowed that promise to get away and not see it afar off. Then they would have conformed back to the old old ways and to the old way of thinking and of doing things. Okay. But the Bible went on to say that if they had been mindful, and this is why it's so important because remember we were talking about the mind. Now, to be mindful is to have your mind full of something. Now, my question to you is throughout the day on a majority what is your mind full of? What occupies? What, what, what takes up you know, the capacity of your thoughts and of your meditation? Okay. Is it your word? Is it your desires? Is it your problems? Or is it God's promise? How much of your mind do the promises of God take up daily when it comes to your thinking process. Because the way that they were able to not allow the promise to get away from them and to fully embrace the reality is that they became mindful. Their mind was full of what God had spoken. Mm-hmm. Amen. Okay. And because their mind became full of what God has spoken, it kept them from thinking about the past and what was behind them and the old way of doing things, you know. And so once our, listen, once our mind becomes full of what God is saying, it automatically breaks us free, praise God, from the conformation or from being conformed to this world. It breaks us free, the chains of this world system. And from the world's way of doing things and the world's way of thinking and the world's way of operating. Praise God. And when we begin to function from that reality, we're walking and we're flowing in the spirit. And the Bible says at that point, when we embrace that river that she saw, we embrace those prophetic words that you heard on Thursday, when we fully, our mind becomes full of those things, you know, then God smiles from heaven. You know, he's proud of us, okay? And the Lord is saying, okay, now they're operating on my level. Praise God. Now they're exemplifying my heart and my character. Now, I'm not ashamed to be called their God. These are my children. This is how my seed operates. These are, are how my sons and daughters are created to function. And at that point, he's not ashamed to be called our God. Praise God. And the end of that verse is basically saying, and then he gives us that particular thing that we believe in for. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's going to be the end of the teaching. Praise God. Let's just begin to verbally just get in agreement with the word and embrace it. Praise God. Father, we thank you, Lord. 
God, we received the river. God, I received the river, God. And I thank you for the word. Hallelujah. And God, I decree that in comes your life, Lord. We receive your life. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, according to your word, Lord. Be it so, God. Thank you so much, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We receive it not as the word of a man, but as the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Lord, and I receive all of it, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, your fullness of life, Lord. Hallelujah. According to your word, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Oh, fire. Thank you, thank you. I receive life, Lord. Life, Lord. We thank you for life. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for refreshing. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. We receive it in fullness, Lord. Hallelujah. We receive it in fullness, Lord. Yes. Not just another word, Lord, hallelujah, but your present voice, Lord. Every benefit, (laughs) every resource, God, every impartation that it has, every deposit we receive. Hallelujah. We receive it, God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Yes, water of life. Thank you for the water of life, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the water of life, Lord. Thank you for the living water. Well, the water springs up. Hallelujah, the flow of your spirit, quenching our thirst, Lord. Filling us up, Lord. Hallelujah. Overflowing. Praise God. Father, we give you the praise, God, and we just give you thanks, God. And Father, we decree that we will not, Lord, allow. Father, help us, God. Hallelujah, God, to retain your word. We decree we'll not allow your word, Father, to just pass by us any longer, God. Keep us mindful, Lord. God, we decree we will not allow the enemy to even take this from us, Lord. But, Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for life in that more abundantly, Lord. We thank you, Father, that we live by every word that proceeds out of your mouth, God. God, we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. God, I want to thank you for increasing your kingdom to everyone, God, on this line. God, everyone that will listen, God. God, we decree we will allow your voice and your word to take greater residence in our heart. Father, we will not focus on, Father God, the vessel, but we will focus on your voice. God, we thank you, Lord, that we will honor you above all things. And we thank you that the thoughts that you have toward us are thoughts of peace and not of evil. And we just give you praise, honor, and glory, God, for your words, for this teaching, for this night. I pray that you would increase them, that you would bless them, that you would overshadow them, that your peace and that your power would rest up over them. Father, that greater interests in your kingdom would be gathered. I pray that even the words that were forgotten, God, will be brought to our remembrance, God, those things that are important. And I pray, Father, that you would give us the discipline, God, to embrace them. Give us the courage to identify with them, God, even when it's unpopular in Jesus' name. Father, oh God, because your word says that you're not a man that you shall lie. 
neither the son of man that you should repent, God. Have you said it and shall you not do it? Have you spoken and shall you not make it good? Father, we are not a hopeless people, God. You have not left us without resources, without, Father, provision, without breakthrough, God. Father, you have not left us, God, orphans, God. But we thank you, God, that all that we need is in you, God. And, Father, God, that the entrance of your reality into our life is through what you speak, God. And so we just give you praise, God. God, we will function, God, not in unbelief, not in doubt, God, not in double-mindedness, God, or uncertainty, God. But, Father, we will be fully persuaded, God. Hallelujah. We will walk by faith and not by sight, God. We will believe and therefore speak what you have already spoken and so come into agreement with you, God, that all may be well, God. Hallelujah, God. And that the reality of you, God, will become our reality. We thank you, and we give you praise, and we give you honor for it. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We do pray. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, is there anyone that has anything uh, on their heart and mind or just God me gave you? Okay. Early, earlier today, <laughs> I was in the shower, and I thought about exactly what, the title of this teacher, like about prophetic word being mm-hmm. something that you have to receive in your heart mm-hmm. that it don't just happen. Like I, I mean, I was actually like really thinking about that, and then of course the enemy tried to come in and try to steal it, mm-hmm. and I've been all day been wrestling with you know holding on to it, and um. Just this teacher tonight has like helped me tremendously, <laughs> but he was telling me all along, you know, you know, you just receive it, you know, believe, Amen. It, believe it. Praise God! So that's awesome. Thank God for that confirmation. When God has something that He wants to emphasize, and He wanted to share about the prophetic word, and uh, to help us all, just you know, develop a great value and premium form and so we thank God for Amen. his spirit. As we were Go worshiping ahead. I I heard rivers of living water shall flow from your bellies. And mm-hmm. I've got the verse that says, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. And Father, I believe that I receive your rivers in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And that song, uh, Let the River Flow, was in my spirit during that time of worship. Let the river flow. Mm-hmm. You know how it goes? Amen. <laughs> Come on and sing it for us, sister. But it goes, it goes, let, it goes let the river flow. Let the river flow, Holy Spirit come, move in power, let the river flow. Praise God. Amen. Man, I receive that. Father, I receive that in Jesus' name. And you know what, y'all, if you paid attention, and that was prophetic because when Karen, when you sung that, it was not just the words that I heard, but there was my spirit beginning to leap because of the <laughs> spirit that's on that Amen. song. Amen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
I mean, there was a spirit of life and a spirit of victory even flowing from uh, from you, you know, during that time. Amen. You know, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but I, you know, I was able, my spirit actually picked up on it. And, um, okay. you know, that was important that you did that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, good people, praise God. God bless you, people of God.